All right, we're here. We're good. I don't think I've heard the Cardinal in a while. I don't want to jinx anything. Ah. Um, I... Also, good is a strong word. We're both sick. Yeah, <laughs> we're like... both sick or allergy sick. It's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, you might be allergy sick. I, I for sure like, <laughs> yeah, just, have slept like good, nothing good and, at all. Good and proper sick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as... As required, a bajillion COVID tests between the two of us, none of which have any use. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I've used. They're confirming that we're just lame bums. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, such is life. Um, let's see. Any, any other things we need to work through? It's September now. It's still hot. It's, it's still hot where you live. <laughs> it's quite hot. Today quite is hot. wildfire day. Your, ha- your house, record high your whole day. town or whatever is on fire. It's fine. Yeah. That's typical. Yeah. Um, I still haven't sold a car. I think that covers everything. Um, so yeah, let's just start the thing. We'll go into the stuff, and then this is a, this, this was our best pre-intro. We were on top of it. I I bring the energy. You're welcome. I mean, if there's ever been a ten out of ten, it's now. Here we started a podcast. It's a podcast born Phoenix like from the ashes of the prior year's podcast. I am your co host and knuckle up champion, Jeff. Oh, I didn't even get a chance and to Nick's gone. For knuckle up champion. I'm Nick. I'm Nick. Nick Wait, you're, not you're here? here? Yeah. No, you're here. It's great. Yeah. We're hear nailing me? it left and right. I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't do anything. I didn't change anything. <laughs> I, I just asked, why didn't I get a chance to compete for the Knuckle Champion? I'm also Nick. Hi. Bye. I mean, you, you had a chance. Okay. Um, and this is our podcast where a couple of friends have a continent party that would like to come together and talk about something. It's fun and interesting. Yes, Nick, I have. Um, I, okay. So real quick, uh, briefly, yes. just also for a point of uh, preparation to, before we hop into things properly. Um, mm. I'm I'm at home solo, as you know. My wife is in yes. Austin, Texas for work Ooh. things uh doing Fun. doing cool things down south probably also pretty hot um i probably. i've put the kids to bed but here's the problem with that is mm-hmm. it's like a sliding scale of to bed so if if i do get interrupted at some point uh just know that i tried my best uh i i did my best um i i took my kids to school today and then it was actually it was alice's first day of preschool so it was very Aww. very cute and bittersweet to to drop her off um That's adorable and fantastic yeah we we took a bajillion thousand pictures and all that jazz um Man, I'll tell you what though, being a solo parent is not a thing that I'm interested in doing. Like, yeah, yeah it seems, I do. I do not, not good. know how people do it. It is really hard. I I said not good. That's not it. It seems not good for your energy levels and for uh, your time. Like the, it seems hard. It seems like a lot. No, yeah, like do. a common theme throughout throughout this podcast will definitely be how well thought through and prepared all of our topics will be today. Um, and uh-huh. in no short, in in no small part is that going to be the fact that like i had to wake up for breakfast and get the kids ready and then to get them like and then like my son has picture day here in a couple days that i'm gonna have to like figure out how to do and my son has football practice and like 
I have yes. to figure that out. Also, uh, I think I, I mentioned the Patreon episode, uh, football practice. Uh, my son did like his very first like football mini camp thing or whatever for kindergartners. Uh, and How he, do you like it? He has football camp or football practice for his uh, team starting this Thursday. And to answer your question, uh, he loved it. And I loved it. Like it. That's awesome. Oh man, I've been I've like been so stressed out about getting my kid into something for so long because he does have a little bit of uh, attention challenges, we'll say. And uh, I was just I didn't really know how he would do, but he had so much fun afterwards. He told me because like he was like really stressing and like wanted to just stay home and play video games. As I I don't I don't know where he gets it from. I mean I no no idea. I I can't imagine. Antisocial uh, behavior, going to video games for comfort, sounds like nobody I've ever met. No, (laughs) no, for sure. Um, So we'll have to further investigate that. But um, but no, he uh, he told me afterwards. He's like, Dad, that was way more fun than I thought. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, that's that's so cute. Um, because like I had to like bribe him, like like all right, just go and try, and then afterwards we can go home and play Minecraft and try to find some diamonds or something. Like I like had to do that, <laughs> and but like that for whatever like that was good enough for him. He's like, okay, sounds good, I'll try. And then like he had so much fun, and then like it was really cute because like they send him over to get like water drinks with the parents uh, during okay. the camp, and so like you get to ask him like how he's doing. He's like, oh, it's really fun, and like he he learned how to block and like run around and like do handoffs and hike the ball and. Uh, you know, pull flags off because flag football. Um, but anyways, yeah. he just had a really fun time, and it was really, really cute. And I'm sure I'm gonna get sucked into uh, like assistant coaching. Like that seems inevitable at this point. Um, shocking turn of events. Yeah, here. shocking. I, turn of events. I, if, I cannot if I have believe. To show up there. I might as well help make it happen. Help my kid <laughs> adjust well. But no, like he he did really, really good, and it was just it was. My first experience uh, taking my kid to a sporting thing of any sort, uh, either one of them, and it was way, it was very stressful because, like, you watch your kid and you see them doing stupid things and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Uh, but, like, also all the other kids are doing stupid things. Was and he it's not, okay. wait, was he not like a, like, freaking uh, Randy Moss or the Colin Kaepernick or anything? No, like, no, I mean, the scouts were there, but they did leave pretty early on. I so. said Colin Kaepernick. I have no idea uh, Colin Kaepernick. Well, also, that, yeah, what a what, to, a what a what a pull, dude! Sorry. <laughs> like, I don't know. I was just trying to think like of football the, the players. Best, names and I'm the, the top terrible. two NFL players th- of all time: Randy Moss just, and. Colin I was trying to think Kaepernick. of like athletic. I was trying to think of athletic players, and like my brain athletic farted. Players and I was like, Wait. with afros at one point in their career was where you did. Randy Moss pulled. have an afro? I at one, at one I just, point, yeah. In the early days, I just remember him like just being uh, like a cheat code in terms of just like beating everyone to any location he ever wanted. To oh man, we can't really we, we can't talk about football anymore. I'm so I know. flipping excited because it starts in two days. Um, from the time of recording this, by the time it releases, the Chiefs will have already played a game uh, against the Arizona Cardinals. I'm very excited. We'll talk about that on our Patreon-only episode, uh, patreon.com forward slash type step. Okay. Um, one, okay, well, I don't know, just, just fun kid stuff. It was a good time. Uh, it, kids continue to be an interesting, weird, stressful, but worthwhile adventure. Uh, and uh, sports, I think, is going to be a good one, uh, especially for my kid. So I'm going to be not the crazy parent because of, like we talked about on Patreon ep- last time, I've 
been a referee. Like, I know how that goes. It uh, can go bad uh, if you are a crazy parent. And I'm not going to do that. What? I don't want to get thrown out of a game as a pregnant mom. Like I did the one time where I threw a pregnant mom out of a basketball game for a first grader. Okay, Nick. <laughs> oh, did you, did you, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, very specific. Oh, God, dang. No, you there you me? go. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's going on with our Discord server, so I apologize to our listeners. Uh, but more importantly, you have a very, very specific uh, fears and uh, scenarios yeah. that have happened. Yeah, I mean, just so you know. I. <laughs> yeah, no, this is... This is a known not. psychological problem that I have. I'm definitely uh, not one to underthink anything that can be nope. anxiety-inducing. So, yes. Seems correct. Yeah. Um, which will perhaps be a little bit of a theme later on, not to foreshadow too much. Um, uh, let, me, let me hop down to a thing here. So, um, I have recently uh, had a conversation that we just talked about some things that we'd really like to do someday and um, made me think about bucket lists. And I obviously that's a bit cliche, uh, but I was curious, uh, do you have things that like either as a child or nowadays that are just like, man, I would like, despite the cliche, I really do want to do X at some point in my life. Like that would make me like, I would just be so happy. So tickled if I could do whatever that is. Like, do you, do you have a a thing or three, uh, like that, that are, that would fall into that category? Okay. Um, so to answer your question, yes, but not like really a long one or a formal one. There's some countries I'd really like to go to and visit. And um, I've never been to the Grand Canyon. And I really want to go to the Grand Canyon. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, so the, the other two uh, big ones, and like one has just kind of happened recently. Um, I, I'd love to. I'd love to go to a Lakers Finals game. As silly as that is, like I've I've Aww. been to. I've been to some playoff games. I've even been to a Finals game, uh, but never for the Lakers. Um, I haven't gotten to watch a lot of Lakers live in my life, and I I, I have an obsessive problem with the Lakers. Um, <laughs> and then there's a couple of countries that I'd like to go to, um, in particular as I, like I've become obsessed with mountain biking in the last couple of years um uh, British Columbia is kind of like the mountain bike mecca and I would love to go to the British Columbia and ride and then there's some other places that I've always wanted to go like um, I've really always wanted to go to uh, to London and I've always wanted to go uh, a couple of places in Europe outside of that um, yeah what, so, uh, like what makes, mostly travel what makes British and, Columbia yeah. the 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 biking capital or whatever you called it uh, like what what's special I mean obviously it's a very mountainous area uh, right? yes um, so there's there's that there's um, a really big history of mountain biking there, which is uh, a big deal, like, because there's, like, a lot of trails, there's a lot of trail networks, and there's a lot of, um, like, bike parks, um, and they have what's probably the most popular bike park with, like, uh, Whistler, um, which has, like, um, I don't even know, I think it's over 100 miles of trail, um, like, the amount of trails that are listed in Whistler is insane, and the amount of videos that are made uh, that are uh, made there is insane, they, they do uh, downhill and enduro uh, races professionally there that are that all look amazing. Um, so I don't know if it's really just the terrain. The terrain looks great. The terrain looks amazing. Um, there's also like great terrain in like the Alps too um, and elsewhere as well that are also like really mountainous areas. But I think that British Columbia also has like an infrastructure thing and a history thing. Like mountain biking kind of got its big start in the 90s in British Columbia. That's that's like super interesting. Okay, if yeah. you would have asked me uh, what that would have been, like I would have had I'd, like British Columbia 
Yeah, first off, I'm very bad at knowing like what uh, Canada's provinces are even called. So me too. Um, me too. So as a start, that would be a challenge. Um, but like, I, yeah, just I wouldn't have guessed that. That's that's cool. Yeah, I I, I think it's really cool too. Um, and I've all like since I started mountain biking, it's kind of been like on the okay, we got to get up to, to to BC, ride Whistler, ride the Vancouver area. Yeah. And then, so you want to you want to witness a Lakers finals game, like just any, any or game, like, or do you want to watch Lakers playoff game, Lakers finals game would be like okay. crazy. I, I I think uh like I haven't gone to playoff games. So you 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 went to a uh, a Chiefs playoff game last year. Yeah, time, right? I went to the Chiefs conference final, uh, and that was heartbreaking. And I'm not sure right I can on. ever do it again. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but, but you but know, the it was amazing. Was just the energy the beforehand level. was literally to die for. And honestly, I would I would not undo it for a thousand. Like I I would do it. I would do it a hundred times out of a hundred times, even though it was yes. heartbreaking at the end. Because yes. the lead up to it, and honestly, up until like literally the last like one minute of the game, uh, like it was uh, just an amazing experience. And right. the people were amazing that we were around, both uh, friend and foe, and definitely was worthwhile. So, yeah, like if if you want the experience of being around a very high energy group of Laker fans, I don't know. Like the only question I would ask, like, do you feel like it would maybe be different just because the Lakers tend to go to the finals once or eight times a decade? And uh, <laughs> like... Like, it's not as novel. Because for everybody around me, when I go to a Chiefs... I mean, we're very lucky the last few years. But outside of that, like, it's been, like, ever. Like, never. Right. Um, Yes, probably so. I know that, like, I'm probably spoiled. And also, it's probably not as novel for me just having the Lakers in the the playoffs and in the finals. Um, As most teams, I, like, see a a second round or or conference finals exit as, like, kind of disappointing. I'm like, ah, Mm -hmm. damn. Uh, And so I know that's kind of not the norm at all uh because i'm a spoiled butt um and uh with that in mind yeah um but i do know that like it's it's so much it's so much fun and it's so much uh it's such a different atmosphere than just a regular game so i don't know oh i mean to go to like for sure uh, i mean the the energy is pretty crazy and uh i mean you know lucky for you guys uh you've like more or less screwed your future so it'll be like really like a big underdog story when you finally come back to the finals uh assuming you don't do it like in the next year 2040 2050 50 <laughs> somewhere around there like when we're, we have uh, draft picks again we'll be allowed to compete again right like oh man it is it is an interesting predicament <laughs> um and then you mentioned uh visiting some european countries like uh, yes there's just there's just sites that i want to see um i got to see uh the, the roman cathedral, or, cathedral the, the Coliseum, Coliseum, which was yeah. awesome and that was kind of on the short list yeah um, i've never been to paris um and i haven't been to uh london which I, I think like it's just cool to me that there are such like huge institutions um berlin's up there for me as well um just like some of the big cities and like i i think austria is like gorgeous um i don't know much about Austria, so that's you know just a, just a random poll, but like you know, uh, I feel like as an American, sometimes we're uh, a little like sheltered from the world. And Europe, in European history, has always been really interesting to me. And uh, you know, it's it's cool to me that there's these long-standing cities. And the same thing holds true for places like Tokyo and stuff as well. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, the first, the top two things on my list that I wrote in prep for the show was um, like basically seven thousand places in Europe uh, I would yes. love to go to. Um, there, I mean, first off, beautiful. Like, there's so many beautiful places, uh, like the Swiss Alps, for example. Like, they're just yes, incredible. And you know, we're very fortunate to have like the Rocky Mountains and 
um, and all that jazz. Like that's a thing that I obviously enjoyed quite a lot. And we have stuff like the Grand Canyon and Bryce Canyon and like all kinds of stuff like that. But um, man, this, the whole Swiss area is just really crazy. And there's lots of other places that are like that uh, in Europe. But then also like the more historical things like, I mean, London has been a big part of history for like uh, half a century or not half a century, half a millennium. What is yep. that? Is that a thousand years? Yep. Is, yep. Uh, yep. You got right. And uh, like a lot of European cities are like that or European countries are also like that. And so like just kind of getting getting a, a taste of that culture because we just don't <clears> have <throat> that same level of uh, history uh, here in the Americas. Like it's just right. not, not a thing that we have. Um, and then the other thing I had on there, second on that was just various Asian cultures. So, uh, we almost had the opportunity to go to Hong Kong, which would have been absolutely amazing. Um, I would love to go to Tokyo. I would love to visit China. Um, obviously all of the above, well, especially China and, uh, Hong Kong have, Interesting challenges with that these days. Yep. Well, even now, so much more with the pandemic stuff, but even before then with just yep. social things that made that challenging. But someday I would really like to do that sort of stuff. <clears throat> and um, I, I find both, <laughs> I mean, it sounds a little bit superficial to say, but like just even their cuisine itself is absolutely my favorite thing in the world. Uh, right. And so I would love well, to... Dude, like, have you traveled to Europe? Have we talked about this? Nick, I, I've traveled... I mean, I've gone to uh, some places like that are resort towns in Mexico and okay. I've gone over the border to Mexico once and I've gone to Alaska, which is technically still the U.S. Uh, but it's still... Outside, uh, it's, it's very different. It's very different. But outside of that, I've I've never been outside the country. Uh, and so I, I'm... Yeah. And I as a person who I feel like would very much enjoy that cultured experience i have not ever done anything like that so i think that like we sometimes like you know we we like to make fun of people for being like foodies in the world like ah look at these guys they're just all about taking photos of their their meals it's all about the food they're eating let me tell you dude eating food outside of the country was one of the best parts like it's so freaking cool like that you're oh, getting yeah. a t- sometimes you get a totally different meal or like you think you know what a, a meal is like and it's like no i, I the the you know uh even something as simple as like pizza was like wildly different in italy uh, i mean it's wildly different even within parts of the u.s like when i was in uh, chicago totally. and had pizza like it like what the frick is this stuff <laughs> like, right, right. like this is 100%. not pizza at all but you have <laughs> in kansas um and and so yeah like i can only imagine going to a different country and having similar experiences like yeah like yes. I, I i just i would love to have the various levels of like sushi and seafood and etc from a place like tokyo right. like i guarantee you it's better like there's no way oh, that really? it is not um and yeah. so i i would i would love to have that experience like that that would be really high up there um yeah, totally the the other one uh that i also uh, i i really nick this will be a complete shock to you i would really like to have see a rocket launch in my life uh I, which, which is a really challenging thing I figured to do that was that was gonna be on the list but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i should have called it um, and I feel bad because I actually have a friend of a friend who went to go watch the Artemis launches that uh, were supposed to happen but got scrapped, which is all the, the current moon landing stuff uh, that's going on. So Artemis 1 was supposed to launch last week and then got scrubbed and then was supposed to launch again. And at least last I checked, uh, hadn't launched, uh, at least at the time of recording. Um, and like so that sort of thing 
it's not like you can't just show up and then like, oh, well, this is 100% going to happen. Uh, and also, if you live in the middle of the United States and you have to go to Florida or whatever to see it, like that's that's a big time commitment and money yeah. commitment to, to make happen for something that may or may not actually happen. Um, but I definitely want to see that at some point. Uh, but we'll, we'll, that would we'll, be we'll see. Incredibly cool and unique. So I, I don't blame you at all. I keep I, I have conferences in Florida quite a bit that I keep trying to like hope that it like coincides with something actually happening. It just hasn't happened to this point, but that would be the nicest way if I don't have to pay for it. Um, do you, do you have like a thing that you, that's kind of still a dream that you would like to do, uh, like a, to accomplish? Like these are all kind of like witness and go do's, but like, do you have you like know, a thing that you like, oh man, I really want to do X at some point someday? Not really. Um, so I, I, no, not really. Um, I, I, this is weird. I, I, I think of myself not as like a person who's not ambitious, but not maybe like traditionally ambitious. Um, like I don't, I don't want to like own a business. I think that, that there's like a lot of challenges to that that are not for me. And so like, as an example, those kinds of goals, like professional goals. Yeah. I'm pretty cool with like, you know, where my career path takes me. I'm not like, uh, I'm not, you know, ha- I don't have any lofty, uh, kinds of crazy ambitions. And there's outside of that, um, all the other stuff that I, that I like to do, I think it's mostly just for fun. So it's not really like, uh, yeah. It, oh, the other thing I was going to tell you earlier on in this is that, um, I actually, I used to have like a small list of bands that I like wanted to see live, but I, I have been lucky enough to live in California my whole life. So I actually, they, they, swing, by. <laughs> they swing yeah, by quite like, often. <laughs> There's like four bands that I like really like. Okay, I, I would uh, at some point like. Uh, well, one, one of them I got to see by the time I was like paying attention to music at all, and then you know the other three I wanted to see, and within a couple of years I was able to make it happen. So it was like kind of um, lucky there. I don't know. What what do you say? And what what are your examples? Yeah, I assume you have something in mind. That yeah. So I will say one thing that I've always wanted to do that I got to do uh, was be in Alaska during the summer solstice. So like witness twenty four hours of daylight. That that was pretty crazy. Um, that is really very cool. very much enjoyed. It's very oh, bizarre. I don't know if this if this qualifies, but the one thing I didn't bring up and I didn't want to uh, dominate the space was um, I really want to see the Northern Lights. Northern Lights are I, I've seen them in, in an li- airplane. Literally, what you saw them in an airplane? Yeah, yeah, uh, but like uh, for like five minutes, and it was like I was like uh, I'm like I was in a center seat, and like the person was kind enough to like you know I, we were all crowding around all the windows, uh, and it was dude. like literally like not the kind of flight that you could that you would normally see it in. So we only saw it for like five ten minutes, but it was. It was very very interesting and very cool and i'm like okay i need to go somewhere where i can really see this and not have to lean over some random uh, random person that i don't know so um the funny you should mention that that was literally the next thing on my list is i do want to see i do want to see the northern lights um prop well properly slash it all but yeah definitely um and then uh we had the full total eclipse uh that happened back oh. in 2019 i want to say um and nick I, I i haven't even i haven't prepped this this is um, this is live but i think hold on we're doing it live yep right here um I still have the goggles that you can wear to look directly at it and watch oh, it. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, that I saved from 2019 because in 2027, there's going to be one that goes over part of uh, Texas that we are 100% going to drive down to and try again because we we were very overcast the day that we had the total eclipse. Um, oh, man. And we, we, we got to kind of see it, but I really want to see a total eclipse. Yes. Um, but anyways, these here are still the packaged up goggles that I'm literally going to keep for eight years. 
uh, by the time I get to use them again. So there's that. Um, what else was I going to say? Uh, oh, yeah. The, the uh, being... Uh, at the uh, to, to be able to witness the summer solstice in Alaska is really really cool. Like it's, it, I think I've probably talked about it on here before, or told you before, but I believe you, um, I believe you at least told me. I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just very weird to feel like, oh man, I'm starting to feel tired, and then I like I bet it's like you know 11 o'clock at night, and like you look at your watch or whatever, and it's like, oh, it's three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> just like <laughs> like that sort of feeling is very weird. Um, Enjoyed that very much. Um, but no, of things that like I haven't ever done that I would like to do, like like an actual like me do accomplish is I really do want to publish a book at some point and like actually have it do not not do great or anything. I just want to sell enough copies to justify the time that I would have to spend doing it, but like not not enough to like be anything that's like you know amazing or that's anything. That's both reasonably uh, reasonable as uh, in terms of like you know the desire for it to succeed, but also like just a really cool goal and you you are the type of person that that can do that very well yeah and and like that's the sort of thing like if i get older and older some of the dreams start to fall away like i'm probably not going to be an astronaut now uh it seems unlikely probably not going to that's what i meant with like that's what i meant with like the 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 career goals like you know like i I, i'm not going to be xyz like uh, when i was when i was young i wanted to be a journalist and i wanted to be a writer just like broadly a writer i was like yeah i'll write books and i'll write and i'll work for a great newspaper and it's like you know newspapers are barely a thing anymore and also (laughs) like you're 30 and uh, you stopped taking your English degree when you were 20. So that may not happen now, Nick. You <laughs> may not, not have the creative the creative writer bone. That might not be a thing. So like those are the kind of things that I thought like I'm not going to be able to do. But, but the desire to write a book and have it do well, that is both entirely within your wheelhouse. You're a very creative person. You're well, well-spoken. And you're like, I don't know. I, yeah, I and it's right like kind of temperament. books, you know, the age of the author doesn't matter so much. So yes. like I do feel like if I can spend the time to do it like i can make that happen to some extent okay uh, oh so, wait, wait wait hold on hold on, hold okay, on. Okay, last okay. thing i'm gonna say you brought up the the swiss alps um when i said that i like have uh places that i want to ride mountain bike now which is like you know not the same thing as a real like freaking um as a real uh you know bucket list it's like my mountain bike bucket list the alps are way up there uh and there are so many freaking cool places i will show you if, if we're talking like outdoorsy things to see there's so many cool things out there in the world jeff i didn't realize yes. Uh, it's a problem. There's so much to see. There, there really is. I'll say um, one thing that I have. So we have the um, the the Peloton tread, uh, like yep. the treadmill, and uh, what basically what I do on that, uh, if I go for a, a run on that thing or a hike or whatever, is um, I'll just set it to a scenic run for like a half hour or whatever it is that I'm doing, and. Uh, the number of absolutely beautiful places that there are on the world that you've never even heard of before is absolutely astounding. And it's a little bit overwhelming because like all of yes. them would be like the most beautiful places I've ever seen. And I've never, ever even heard of them prior to like now. Yes. Like it is, it is just insane. The the number of absolutely gorgeous places out in the world, both there's some places that are just uh, naturally beautiful, like nature and such, but then there's like architecturally beautiful. That's probably definitely a word. Um, that it's just like, wow, that is so different than any other place that I've ever been to. Um, right. 
there's a lot, like, a lot of places, Nick. The said, world is really, Austria, really, that really is big. What I, what I mean in mind is like there's a couple of European countries and a couple of Japanese, uh, Japanese, uh, Asian countries that are like, I'm like, wow, uh, this looks entirely different than how I would I have ever seen a city, and also it's so freaking cool, and I want to know why it's like this because I don't know anything. So you know, it's, it's good to know things. Um, okay, Nick, we have we have a thing I want to talk about, and like it's a thing that I have we've chatted about a bit. Um, and as a person kind of in the field, like I've had like a, a higher level probably of awareness than the average person per se, but like it's definitely a thing that I keep having pop up more and more and more and more, and it is uh, AI problems, like what we're walking into, whether we know what we're walking to or not, and like we're walking into <laughs> it regardless. Um, so I guess before I talk, like dive into the actual thing I want to say, like one of the things that I'm most familiar with is the ethics of using machine learning for making lending decisions. Um, okay. So whether basically whether or not we should extend credit to a particular individual based on uh, an output from a machine learning algorithm. And the, the, the main idea for the problem there is we feed in all of these different data points and they themselves themselves may not be uh, you know prejudiced in any way like they they may be like completely innocuous things but in <clears throat> aggregate they can uh, still reflect the bias uh, that we ourselves portray out onto our um, onto people and so really what what ends up happening uh, at least you know in, in theory uh, what could happen is the machine learning algorithm just learns how to replicate our own prejudice uh, even though it only receives just innocuous uh, variables as inputs right um, because ultimately what you're measuring is um, okay this we would approve this loan or decline this loan. Um, so now, machine, I need you to try to predict based on all these data points, would you decline or approve this loan? And we want to tune you as close to us as possible to perform as good as possible um, given uh, given given the data that we can feed it. And and so really, just like replic like even though there's nothing bad inherently in the data points that are being <coughs> fed, it still results in uh, a... Uh, disequal like an unequitable uh, approval rating, for example, for for an auto loan or something like that, right. and and that actually is like that's a legal thing. It's uh, fair lending. Uh, like there's there's good legal precedent for all of these things. Like these are these are things that we ought not do, and and like that's that's always been like an interesting thing because machine learning is really helpful because it helps us you know make decisions so that people don't have to do it and also can oftentimes better predict whether or not a person can actually afford to loan better than uh, what a uh, a machine can do better than what a person would be able to do and so like generally speaking is really useful but also has ethical concerns and so like that's kind of my background for this sort of thing okay <laughs> which is it, it, to say uh, to me an informed background like even if it's, it's you know it's uh, industry specific I mean it's it's still um, you know it's very more, yeah. much more informed than the, than the layperson, right? Well, and and, and basically the, the concern there being um, just because we can predict an outcome doesn't mean that we should use the results of that predicted outcome because it might be bad, like and and not bad in a nebulous, like undefined sort of way. It might be bad because it is discriminatory, like outright, like like one hundred percent, like. 
if uh, if our community has uh, discriminated against a particular group of people and therefore they have a lower credit score because they have a lower income or whatever, and we are literally just feeding off of that exact same discrimination. So like it is right. unambiguously bad and we take lots of steps to make sure that we do not do that. But but like it's like one of those things like we could turn the profitability dial up a lot and discriminate a lot but make a lot of money doing it like that is 100% a thing that we could do right legally legally we can't because finance is a very regulated uh, industry but we could in theory do that like I I, even stupid me could do that like I I can come up with an algorithm that would discriminate against people but make us a lot of money right right the the the, um you know I don't I don't want to um get political or whatever use any buzzwords but like really all that's saying is the most profitable people are the most uh the the safest people to invest in are the most uh advantaged people right like start with right um It's it's actually interestingly more nuanced than that um, okay. so there's like a sweet spot of financial, financially vulnerable people that actually are very profitable to a financial institution, which sounds terrible. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, but really no. what, where you make your most money are the people that barely can afford the loans that you're giving them. So they, so. they get charged the highest interest rates they get. Like if you're just talking about from a loan, so they, they get charged the highest amount, uh, interest rate, uh, but they actually do repay their loan. Like that's the sweet spot for making the most amount of money. There's lots of other ways that financial institutions make money that people don't generally realize, which is actually a whole other, other thing. Um, and it's not just like overdraft fees and things like that. There's lots of other stuff too. Um, but just like from a loan perspective, that's the case, which is why, um, like places like uh, flipping speedy cash and things like that are in business, uh, which I, I literally have no idea how that's a legal entity that exists. But like they they charge people like hundreds of percentage points uh, per year, uh, and they are able to do that because some amount of the people actually do pay it back, and the people that don't still oftentimes end up paying more in interest than what they end up charging off, and so like it is a profitable venture. All of that is all machine learning based at this point. Um, It's basically how much money can we extort from these people turned up to the max and they're not regulated the same way that financial institutions are. Um, so that's messed up. Uh, so that, that is just like a really, that my whole thing is like, I don't want to dive too deeply into the finance part of it. Cause, uh, I think it's a bigger problem than that. I, I think actually finance will probably be okay. It's a little bit more black and white as far as, you know, what is taking advantage of people and how it should be regulated just because it is like, there are dollars and cents tied to it by nature of what right. it is. Um, but what I don't, like so much not to tip my hand too much here is some of the other ai things that are going on have you been aware of any of the ai art stuff that has made itself into the news cycle here recently um no not really i've seen some like uh you can just punch in uh i mean i've seen some comical ones that that are just kind of memes and i've seen some uh ai generated art that seems cool but i don't know anything about it like it's just you know stuff i've perfectly gone by but i'm not involved I, i don't really like follow art stuff in general so i'm yeah, yeah. so the, the scene that is evolving rapidly right now, um, there's a couple different 
uh, projects that are happening. The one that got most popular here lately from all the stuff is called Dolly 2. Um, yep. It's like what That's you described right. is exactly what you said, like where you type in a, a phrase and the AI generates a piece of artwork based on the phrase. So right. like you could do here. <laughs> hold on. But Dolly 2 is the one that people use comically, right? Like they, they give it like to a mashup that shouldn't be mashed up or something, right? Yeah. Um, I say this to somebody, I, I don't have Twitter, and I have Discord, and some of my friends link Twitter images that I'm like, okay, well, this is out of my mind. <laughs> yeah, um, like, it, it is scary good. I don't, I mean, typically, uh, you know, sharing a bunch of pictures between friends on an audio podcast is not exactly the most uh, enthralling thing, so I won't do that, but yes. uh, just take it from me, like, it is extremely good, like, you can... Like what the thing that I had most recently brought up was there was a big thread on Twitter about how you would have like a still of Kermit the Frog in like and then just pick any movie and it would just do such an insane job of like adapting Kermit the Frog into that uh, art style that the movie was done in like in an eerily good sort of way like it was like you would that's interesting like uh, do you know did you watch the movie Blade Runner twenty forty nine I did not I, I watched um, the uh, OG Blade Runner a long time ago. Um, and what I'm assuming here is that there, there are ways that this can get to uh, abuse and to uh, okay. tricking people into thinking that things are happening that are not happening, right? Is what, I'm, what I assume is coming. Yeah, let me... Okay, I said I wasn't going to do it, but I just... Like, the Blade Runner one... Actually, um, did you watch Spirited Away? Yes. Okay, Kermit the Frog in Spirited Away. Hold on just a second. Um, so, I can't remember the name of the guy who does all the art for Spirited Away, but he has a very specific art style. And here is... Let me... Again, this is something that has literally just been fed Spirited Away and Kermit the Frog, and is doing Kermit the Frog in a Spirited Away uh, art style. Where are you at, Discord? There you go. Um, here you go. But, like, it is, to me anyways, like, that is a dead ringer for the art style <laughs> of Spirited Away. <laughs> Like, in a, like just, it's too good. Like, I don't, like, you would think that as just a still from that movie. Like, it, it totally is. It does look like it's just a still from the movie. Um, also, this, I, I, I realize this is uh, Kermit, but something about this is drawing me, like, making me uh, think of the frog from Star Fox. That name I can't remember. Maybe Skippy. <laughs> Skippy, oh, uh, Skippy the- Skippy's the girl. And then, yeah, there's, the, well, Pappy's the old other guy. I don't know. We'll never know. I don't know. We'll never know, Nick. This we'll is super important. <laughs> I love Star Fox. <laughs> but, it, but it totally it totally looks like Star it yeah, totally okay. looks like Anyways, so um Peppy is the, the hair, you're completely right. Peppy's the hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so this does have uh as you might imagine some interesting implications. So um <sighs> The 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 idea that you can I mean like I guess just at a really practical level like we're just talking about the image stuff now we'll talk about some other things later but like this complete like if you're a, a uh, graphic artist right now I would be absolutely terrified for job security yeah. long term yeah. um, the ability to just type in exactly what you want and have it appear and be this level of good on this level <laughs> of you know content that is like very specific. Like to me, that is that is an interesting thing, and I do I feel a little weird about having this sort of thing exist because it really is just going to be iterating on already generated art, and if it gets good enough that it can satisfy the needs of uh, 
just general enterprise, then at some point we're, we're just going to greatly stifle the amount of new things that get created. And I don't like how that feels. Maybe I'm just an old man yelling at clouds, but like that feels uh, like we're just, it, it, we're circularly iterating on the same stuff. And uh, I don't know, like that, uh, I don't know, I guess before I dive into some more stuff, like what, what is your thoughts on like being able to just type stuff like Kermit the Frog and uh, uh, Spirited Away? It's fun. And also like, I okay. I am a believer that that automation and uh, technological adva- advancement is going to put people out of work in some ways, which are totally reasonable and fine, and should happen. And we should, um, you know, we have to account for that in, in in our society. And there's different ways we could go about that. But like, we shouldn't not invent cars because of horse and buggy drivers, right? Like that's right. just that's just the, the reality. But like, there's a difference between. Um, between getting rid of industries which are no longer beneficial or holding us back and getting rid of industries that like and like disincentivizing people for things that I think make our society better. And I think art makes our society better. I think that people just genuinely care about art in the long term and care about the ability to be an artist. And I don't think that's a thing that, you know, we want to go away, even if the market for it goes away. Like if if the market for it is completely dried up because of this, one, it's not like we're not going to have other expenses that will take take those those uh the uh, the that the creative sectors or i don't know how you describe it like, yeah. that creative sectors uh you know costs like uh, yeah. other things will fill that that cost in our lives but also like you know we want to look back and have uh you know we want to look back and have artists that we admire and have art that means something and that is coming from a place of genuine emotion not just from computer generation so um like on the spot not having you know thought it through or anything my initial reaction is man that is a terrible place for ai to kind of you know like be able to come in and take the niche of okay so now i want to go to probably a perhaps less ambiguous uh like, because that's just like creative saturation uh, yeah. concerns, like more or less, is like I guess how I would like define that. Um, yeah. Here's where it gets a little worse. And again, I said I wasn't going to do this, but I am going to do this. So you can also, Nick, and this is a few different um, comparisons of these um, different projects uh, where you can type in uh, 1969 fake moon landing. And um, it can come up with images of the moon landing being faked. And um, to me, (laughs) that gets to be a little bit more in the, um, like, uh, society-destroying level of concern. Like, we were already willing to, like, like, there's lots of people out in the world that are able to, uh, you know, put uh, reality to the side, let's say, generously, and believe things that are not true. And that was based on just people saying things that are clearly false. Like, uh, just not to get too into the weeds on crazy town but like you know you can say that the earth is flat on the internet and people will believe it even though you can get an airplane and literally see the curvature of the earth uh so people are just are cool like ignoring reality as it is and to be able to type in like just generate an image of the moon landing being faked and then there's a like especially that one on stable diffusion like that to me looks like a legit like holy cow that is a picture of the moon landing being faked 
Yeah, um, that is a in, incredibly like I, I've been looking at it the whole time we've been talking, and uh, since he sent it to me, it's concerning. Like how... it's concerningly good, and that is Nick. You can go onto it and do it in like ten seconds of typing. Yeah, and uh, some of these are more locked down than others. Stable Diffusion is actually open source. Uh, everything, so like you could, and you can yes. go out and like they have servers. Like you can type in a query, and then you'll get queued up. It might take you like you know ten minutes or something like that to have yours get. Uh, pulled up to to go actually be ran but it's it's all out there and able to be done and uh that to me is super concerning (laughs) like in a pretty big way um i don't know so before i dive into the last two versions of this sort of thing any any thoughts on the ability to just fake any image because i don't know to me that seems like a pretty well problematic thing like given how the internet works um, I, I've felt really good about for the last uh, three years, uh, you know, just roughly speaking about um, everybody's like trust and in information. And you know what I mean? Like our trust in our uh, our oh, ways yeah. of disseminating information. Oh, yeah. And, 10 out of 10. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. And consuming information. Like I felt like everybody in the world, in America, especially, but the world, I'm sure probably as well, has just been like, yep, we're doing this real good. Everybody's on the same page. We all feel not trick, not like we're in uh, in uh, constant combat, <laughs> like uh, on like an ideological front. Yeah, uh, everything's great, and this seems like it'll help with that. So um, hurt me, please. This, this, this is um, bad. This so is not good. yeah, I don't. This is not exactly a happy topic. I'm sorry to do this. No, but I just good. I think it's like a thing that I don't. I don't think it's getting enough uh, airtime on how concerning it might be. Um, so have you, I, I mean, it seems to like make its way around the internet occasionally, but have you seen any of the deep fake stuff where basically you have like a celebrity that's been mapped across like a thousand movies or whatever, and then you can just have them like make all kinds of different facial expressions and, and whatnot? Or No, this... no. I mean, I know what the term deep fake is, uh, but no, I've never like seen any. Okay. I just, yeah I, yeah. I I literally think of it as like a spoofed image, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, so deep Fakes are videos that are like made to be as if the person like they're they're videos that are AI generated from like a whole source of like data of like seeing videos of them doing things in the past and then just creating a video of them like doing random other actions and uh, deep fake video stuff is been a thing that is also rapidly advancing in realism like it it used to be kind of just kind of gimmicky like i remember seeing like a tom cruise thing back in the day um like probably four or five years ago and it's like oh that was kind of a cool interesting thing but it is getting better and better and better and honestly like right now if you were to see a video that was one of these like you can kind of tell that something's a little bit off like with the facial expressions and stuff like human facial expressions are immensely complex things um but i they they are getting more and more realistic and i have no reason to believe that we're going to be able to tell that a video was uh ai generated past the end of this decade like it is moving so rapidly and i just there's not the level of there's not a computational limit that i think that we're going to hit that's going to make this not be possible and so that's concerning just having a video of anybody doing anything at any point that uh especially if it's a public figure where you can feed lots of uh you know existing footage of that seems challenging um but then to illustrate just how real this thing is that i found most unsettling when i realized that this was a thing that happens uh nick we don't have the problem of doing a bunch of ad reads on this show at this point we have done some ad reads in the past but currently not, not a thing that we have to do but other shows 
shows that are really big and they have people that make a lot of money doing things. Um, they there is there are now services being sold actively where it's basically why do your own ad reads? Just upload to us you talking for like you know ten hours or something like that. Which if you're a podcast, like that's it's super easy. easy. Two seconds of so work. Well, like yeah. let me just control A and then upload fifty hours. That's no big deal. Yep. And then just give us the text that you want us to read for your ad copy and we'll read it in your voice. Like it'll and and that is something that is actively already a thing where you can have an AI learn your voice and just read the ad copy for you so you don't even have to worry about it. And you can do like dynamic ad read ad copy reading stuff so that when you get a new sponsor and you want to change everything, you don't have to like go re-record or anything. You just have the have the the bot re-record the audio for you and like it's already out there. Like those those services already exist like you can go do well, it right nice now thing is that nothing bad could ever happen to that no nothing bad can nothing ever bad happen could ever from happen the ability that. to un like unaware to people listening have what you're listening to be completely ai generated versions of people talking you know what's cool is like how little uh, audio there is of our public figures right so like that won't ever <laughs> right. like that's not problematic at all <laughs> The people, that, the people that this matters for the most, like both with the video and audio stuff, are the people that have the most video and audio stuff of them. And and then that combined with so the ability to just, to just generate whatever, I just... Nick, I do not know how this... I don't know how this breaks good. Like, it is already so broken where you can just lie about whatever and people will believe it because you can write it in a sensationalist way that can get attention. But when you have the ability to just distort reality by AI and, like, honestly, it gets really difficult to, like, even think through, like, how will I in the future delineate between what's true and not true? Like, that... Because the problem is, the the better this gets, the more impossible that becomes. And I, I just, I don't know. Conceptually, this it's a very, very, very challenging thing for me. I don't, I, I've had it pop up more and more. I, I, every time it pops up, I become more concerned about like I don't. Ten years from now, I don't know how this works out. Like I think so. Like, I don't know. This is this is silly, but like this this really strikes home that people need to be media and technology uh, technology literate in a way that they aren't right now. Um, I think a bajillion percent. Yeah. And I, I say that, like, I don't, I don't know how, um, you know, like, I, I don't want to sound like I am an expert or whatever, because I took a couple of courses or whatever. But like, you know, I used to work uh, in over the counter tech support for people. And like, you know, the amount of people who fall for silly scams is yeah. really high. And it's not just people falling for an email that says, uh, oh, I'm a Nigerian prince or whatever the meme is from the 2004 or whatever. Right. It's it's gotten more sophisticated, and there's a huge problem with this with people's media consumption as well of like believing things without uh, thinking them through, without critically examining like what what people's like interests are and and making you think something or whatever. There's a million different ways. We've talked about this a lot, and we've talked well, we've talked a lot about like media consumption and social media consumption and stuff. But like this is if there's gonna start being just much more blatant misinformation that can be- seem much more legitimate that can come from any source. You know how easy would it be for for, for a place like 4chan and I don't say 4chan but 4chan is an anonymous forum and there are a lot of people there who uh, use it as a place to organize or to discuss what I think are like pretty bad ideas but they also disseminate information and they do it anonymously so what's what's it take and there are also a bunch of 
freaking kids who are trolls and what's it take for one of them to simply like punch out a a recording uh get themselves or uh that says like you know of a political figure say that the political figure is saying something that is absolutely heinous and then leak it somewhere as if it was a leak right and or like start posting it online or getting people to like astroturf uh 4chan's a bad example it doesn't really matter if it's 4chan or not no but there are people like the like 4chan users who are just like in- interested in a little bit of uh of of radicalization, a little bit of uh, of divisiveness. Oh, I don't know the word. Dude, I'm okay, I, I just but you know the types, right? Okay, like, well, it's, it's I just problem. what you just said makes me so. I think I hadn't even thought of this as a point, but what you said made me think of it, and is perhaps the most unsettling thing I've thought of is. I mean, right now, they're like funny example that just happened. So my wife for uh, our uh, upcoming sister-in-law and brother-in-law's birthday, our birthday, good Lord, uh, their wedding. Um, I'm officiating, so I should probably figure out what it's actually called. Um <laughs> The uh, their upcoming wedding, they had we had our bachelor bachelorette party, and they were going to go to brunch uh, at a place uh, in town, and we wanted to check what the weight was. And my wife accidentally did the Google thing that will call uh, via AI and figure out what the weight is, and then text us back what the weight is, and okay. like, and we didn't realize that that was happening, but like, it was literally the like actual. Like there was a Google AI that called the store, like co- called the restaurant and figured yeah. out what the weight was for a party of seven and texted us back like how long our wait was like that. And we didn't mean to, like she didn't mean to, but like that's exactly what happened. Right. Like there was AI interacting with a real person and that was the result. And it all worked out. Like it was all good and fine and, and um, accurate. A couple, of, a couple of years ago when this first launched on, um, on like I think like the Pixel 2 or the Pixel yeah. 3 or whatever it was, um, I listened to a bunch of video of uh, audio like clips and stuff I think Google put out as like an ad for it um, of the of their AI calling places to make like haircut reservations. Yes. It's shocking. It was even then that was like four or five years ago or something like that. It was shockingly realistic. You, you're sitting there like the, the 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 AI uses audio cues that you'd think were natural. Like, um, yeah, let's do let's do three o'clock. You know, they'd say something like yeah. that. They wouldn't just they wouldn't just say yes. Let us do three o'clock. Like they, you know, it's it's shockingly realistic. It uses tonal inflection. Like it's oh, it's it's yeah. crazy. Um, anyways, what you said in combination with that that I hadn't even considered is if you are a person who has any amount of audio out on the world, so like us, for example, um, and we had somebody who was a bad actor who wanted to extort, like, I don't know, our wives or something, um, they would literally have no issue having a recording of us saying anything that we they wanted that they could, like, send to our wives to say anything. Like, it, it would be right. convincingly us. And so, like, that's a whole nother level of fraud and extortion that I just, I don't even really want to consider, like, how how bad that could be, because that's really bad. And, like, that's an, an emo- like, and I can only imagine, like, if I had some, like, if, like, let's say my son uh, had his voice out on something that could, because you really don't need a whole lot to be able to, to replicate that. Right. And if, if he, if I heard his voice saying something, uh, and especially if that, I don't know, like it's one thing to say you're Nigerian prince. It's another thing to say that you're my son with his own voice saying something uh, like, I don't know. That is, that is a level of messed up and a level of effective, unfortunately, that I just, I, man, that is not going to be great. Don't love it. Don't, don't love, love it, it at all. Oh man. Um, yeah. It'll, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out, Nicholas. 
I don't know, man. It's it's going to be um, really weird. I, I really think people need to start learning to be really, really critical of uh, of their like media consumption and uh, understand like get a little bit more tech tech literate so that they can understand that those kind of things can happen. Um, yeah. Oh, I, don't know. I, I just want one thing. One Go last ahead. thing. Yeah. Uh, like just and again, just that this is out in the world more than people realize. Um, as I've done topic uh, research. Uh, over the last couple years that we've done this show, um, on YouTube there are literally AI generated uh, some like I, I'm, you've been on Reddit enough, I assume that occasionally you'll see like an article that has like the Reddit summary bot uh, that like summarizes an article. Oh, I think so. Yes. If not, there's there are there's one really popular bot that will go around anytime there's an article posted that's on one of the significant subreddits. It will go through and like condense down the article to like what will be like a couple paragraphs or so. Um, I think that same sort of technology gets used a lot on Wikipedia. Uh, people will oh, scrape. Yeah. Wikipedia articles and they will condense it down a little bit and then they will generate uh, YouTube videos that have like loosely related images in the background while the text, like while the talking is happening by an AI generated voice that is literally just monetizing like scraping Wikipedia and it is unsettling. Like I just, I did this. It comes off as a person who, like, like you or me, like we were to like make an episode on like learning about, uh, like, I'll, I'll tell you like an honest story. There, when I talked about uh, elevators in the World Fair back like probably a year ago, the best video you could find on that was literally like word for word flipping Wikipedia version of just in a YouTube video. And I didn't realize that until like I like I had watched the video and then I went to like Wikipedia to see like if there was anything else interesting. I'm like, holy frick, this is just everything from the video. Um, and like that is just, I just, it just is so weird and gross. And Madness. I just, I, I don't know. It's, it, I, I don't want to be an old man gross. yelling at clouds, but Nick, the clouds no, are dude, gray. Dude, the clouds are gray. I, I think like the, the ways that people are um, too pessimistic about technology and too just, you know, set in their ways are when they're, you know, they're like, well, you know, my level of technology built character. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're right. trying to moralize it. They're trying to moralize like their method of learning and their like exact circumstances and exact cultural like uh, position and whatever else. And I think that that kind of stuff is silly. Um, and I think that like, you know, there's also uh, the, the example I gave at the top is like a classic one and it's used a lot online a lot about like we you know we don't stop building transportation because of people who drive uh horse-drawn carriages right whatever, right and there's, there's there's truth to that too right like you have to understand that technology that makes our world more efficient or more uh, like environmentally friendly or more accommodating to multiple kinds of people or different lives or whatever um whatever it may be uh th those are things that we have to pursue even though transition to that kind of thing can be uh messy or uh, not that we have to pursue them but usually they're worth pursuing even if they're yeah the, the ends justify the means like right right yeah. uh and you know you should we i think we should be uh cautious about those transitions and i think we should care about those transitions like you know uh if we transition away from x kind of like i don't know like energy or whatever like there's people who work in those jobs and those jobs like you know we gotta care about people's people's jobs like it's just the reality of life we live in a society where you need a job to to make enough money to live like if you if you just take away an entire industry of anything whether it was horse-drawn buggy drivers or whatever they they need to be accommodated for or maybe not accommodated for exactly 
exactly. But, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can deal with it. That's yeah. not the point. But, but that's somebody being too critical of technology for a bad reason, I think. And that's the guy that's the, the, the old man yelling at the cloud. I don't think saying, hey, this can be abused real bad is, <laughs> is, a, is an old man yelling at a cloud. I do not think that at all. That, yeah, yeah. And I like, I, honestly, the thing that I feel okay about, like the... The AI-generated art feels like we're putting a bunch of creativity to the wayside, but ultimately, maybe that works out okay. Like, it's kind of sad, but I think... Like, that's not going to end civilization by any means. No, me neither. Me neither. Um, like, it's kind of a bummer. It's kind of sad to think about. And yes, it's kind of cyclical. Um, but I do think the ability to just fake whatever and generate stuff at a mass scale without actually having to do any actual work and just finding what sticks um, when it comes to, like, trying to, you know, make a popular whatever it is. Because, like, that's the other thing is, like, if you're doing this stuff as procedurally generated whatever or automatically generated things, like, you can then test to see how popular they are on whatever social media thing it is and if it doesn't work then you can start over and like come up with a new thing and like it just it's too good at our attention and i the ability uh, right now it's already a problem and as this stuff gets better uh where you can just make whatever exists uh, i just it seems challenging to say the least uh-huh uh, so, anyways, yeah, there you go. AI-generated art, but also AI-generated uh, information is a thing that I'm concerned about. We'll see how it plays out. I'm sure it'll be fine. It's fine. I just all I can think of is the the meme with the dog in the burning house. Like this is fine. Remember, remember when um when you said it was fine just now? I didn't. I don't know if I believed you. <laughs> okay. All right, Nick. Let's wrap. <laughs> wrap with that i appreciate that uh yeah if you want to talk about how good life is and football and f1 and nick has to watch downhill biking stuff occasionally um tyosap.com forward slash well nope patreon.com forward slash tyosap i said it in the middle of the episode said it now if you want to hang out uh you know much shorter than this but uh releasing the off uh weeks and still a lot of fun so yeah check it out patreon.com forward slash tyosap you can also follow us at tyosap on twitter facebook instagram tiktok and youtube uh and you can find all of that at tywasap.com. I swear it's usually a lot more fun than this one. And it's also always us talking and never any sort of AI generated anything. This is definitely me talking. Definitely. Beep boop. Beep boop. Uh, Anyways, Nick, thank you so much for potting with me. It's been a good time. Good, great, great time. Concerning, but good time. It started off on such a high note. (laughs) Yes. Well, you know, who knows how many people made it to this point. That's fine. But anyways, uh, you are welcome. This has been the year we started the podcast. Thank you all for listening.